we'll start off there's only one place really to start off at the minute in football it's coming to the end of the season you always know today the FA Cup final Wembley Stadium it's currently half time between Manchester City and Watford yeah uh, William Elzer has an update Manchester City 2, Watford 0 David Silva and Gabriel Jesus with the goals that separate the two sides Watford started the game very negatively as they looked to Kinsane City but now that they need to come forward there are spaces starting to appear for City to run into As it stands, City easing towards completing the domestic treble Manchester City 2, Watford 0 at half time There you have the updates from uh, Man City and Watford yeah, absolutely. And then earlier this afternoon, Bayern Munich, surprisingly, won their seventh straight Bundesliga league title. They trashed Frankfurt 5-1 to see them stay on top of Dortmund the final day of the season. Very similar, actually, to the Liverpool City run-in. They were kind of leapfrogging each other, although Dortmund kind of needed them to drop points today. In Spain, Valencia secured their place in next year's Champions League. They had a 2-0 win away to Real Valladolid. Saw them claim fourth place in La Liga. Plenty of local action this evening as well. There's one game at 7.45 in the SSE Electricity League, the Premier Division and Northwest Derby takes place in the showgrounds Sligo Rovers entertain Derry City In the First Division, Cabin Teeley host Roddy United, while Cove Ramblers welcome Limerick to St. Coleman's Park and both of those games kick off at 7 o'clock uh, Where am I going to now next? Rugby, yeah like you said earlier on, Lunce- Leinster gave Munster a bit of a hiding 24-9 in the RDS in the Pro 14 semi-final yeah, Jamie Moore was at this one. Leinster 24, Munster 9. Blue Magic will face Glasgow Warriors in the Pro 14 final at Celtic Park in Glasgow next Saturday after this win at a packed RDS. The home side led 9-6 at the break. All of the points in the opening half came from the boots of Ross Byrne, who started in place of Johnny Sexton, and ex-Leinster man Joey Carberry now in the colours of Munster. They exchanged more points as Leinster led 12-9 heading into the final quarter. Then came the moments of the match which led to Leinster's first try. A brilliant sweeping move from left to right all the way across the pitch. Ended with Ty Furlong playing in Sean Cronin who burst through to go over the line. Byrne converted. James Lowe grabbed Leinster's second try in the final minute. With second half sub Johnny Sexton wearing an unfamiliar number 22. Missed kicked and badly missed the conversion but it didn't matter in the end. The final score Leinster 24, Munster 9. Yeah, certainly a day to forget for Munster in golf. It's described as the toughest course in the world, not for this man. Defending champion Brooks Kepke is making it look a bit too easy at the bet page black. In this year's PGA Championship, he's currently 12 under par at the halfway stage, and seven shots ahead of the chasing pack. Gray McDowell is the best of our Irish representation. He's on two over. Rory made the cut yesterday. He's three over, and Shane Lowry just about made the cut on four over after a second round of 69. Moving on to Gaelic games now, Monaghan and will look to shake off a poor league campaign they're facing Cavan this evening it'll be a different championship for the Farney men they can't count on stalwart Darren Hughes this year due to a broken ankle uh, well Cavan they'll field three championship debutants that Ulster quarter final throws in the Kingspan Brefney Park at 7 o'clock this evening yeah one thing one player who's uh, actually playing in that um, Ryan for Cavan is a man who um, has just got over a, a cancer diagnosis as well oh brilliant he's uh, back um, after beating that so uh, fair, I can't think of his name off the top of my head but uh, fair juice to him fair play Edwin glad to hear it yeah. that's great really good and we got Red FM Division 1 hurling league action as well Stars played Douglas at 7 o'clock and Ballymartle facing a Pearsick at 7.15 bit of camogie as well Cork take on tape in Charleville that's the Munster intermediate final throwing is at 7.15 there a bit of tennis news uh, this afternoon Djokovic bet Juan Martin Del Potro to advance to this year's Italian Open semi-finals the Serb will play Argentina's Diego elsewhere defending champion and eight time winner of it Rafael Nadal he's also in the semis he bet fellow Spaniard Fernando Verdasco 6-4-6 love finally in the round up a uh, bit of racing the 5 past 4 Yates stake at Navin was won by Aidan O'Brien he trained a 2-1 to shot Western Australia yeah, busy day of uh, sporting action across the world there. Now, uh, Cork City, they were in action last night. They had won two games in a row after beating Bowles and UCD. Uh, it was always going to be a tough one uh, against Dundalk last night. League leaders after a, probably a poor start in, on their own um what they don't say themselves anyway a poor start to the season but they have got it back together and uh, under a new manager Vinnie Perth and, and they're going very well top of the table after leapfrogging Shamrock Rovers who've uh, hit a bit of a blip at the moment along with uh, Bowes so they've uh, caught up and they've got three points last night because they beat Cork City th- uh, two goals to nil 
and we caught up with interim manager John Connor after the game. Guys, fair to say, we're beaten by the better team tonight. Yeah, we were. Look, I wouldn't begrudge them off the three points. To be fair, well though, to be, I thought we created a lot of chances tonight, and obviously we didn't take any of them. And against sides like take the positives out of it because we've another game Monday, and we've no chance to feel sorry for ourselves. So we just need to pick ourselves up again tomorrow. What are the positives you can take from it? Creating the chances. Um, I thought we created a good few chances. To be fair, particularly first half. Um, I used to take that and I thought James Tilly was outstanding as well to be fair to him I thought it was his, he was brilliant tonight on the night and um, as, a, as a few other players were now as well but that's all you can do take the positives out of that and, and learn from the mistakes we made at crucial times and we, you know, there's no denying we did make those mistakes that, that led to two soft goals and um, things we need to rectify as well The second goal just after half time was the real killer Yeah and look it's something that I would have mentioned just before we go out to make sure we're concentrated because sometimes after half time you can Fellas can maybe leave themselves in the dressing room for a few minutes, and I thought that's what happened. To be fair, it was a big switch of play, and we didn't get tight enough to the cross and let the cross come into the box, which is something we would have spoke about as well before the game. And look, if it's something we've been doing. We've been letting crosses come into the box, and look, if you keep doing that, you're going to concede goals. And it looks a bit of work to do on that, so that's what we look to do. A lot of the games this season, we didn't create too many chances either. Whereas tonight, I thought we did create the chances. We just we didn't take them, and as I said earlier. You get punished against sides like Dundalk for that. To be fair, look, they're top of the league for a reason, and we've had great battles in them over the years. And look, that's the we need to get back to trying to create chances and scoring, taking them. And tonight was, I don't mind being beaten by a better side at times. Obviously, don't like being beaten, but you'd like to make sides work for their goals anyway, which I didn't think we did tonight. To be fair, and that's the disappointing thing for me. To be honest, is just how soft the goals. Yeah. We're missing some key players, obviously, but look, that happens to everyone. I'm not going to sit here and make an excuse that that's an excuse for not winning tonight or drawing tonight or taking anything from the game. Look, every side misses players. It's it's obvious, but look, the main thing we can do is hopefully over the next few days and the next week we'll have a few of those players back and no doubt they'll strengthen our squad and give us more options but at the moment all you can do is concentrate on the fellas we have at the moment and look to be fair in the last few weeks they've been brilliant and look as I said tonight it was just a bit of concentration cost us two goals to be honest and yeah. just, look, all, it's, all it is now is take the positives and going into Sunday for you, Monday again Sir John about your goalkeeper I mean he's, he's made a few if someone misses a chance it doesn't need but if if Mark makes a mistake or any keeper makes a mistake just highlight more because it leads straight to a goal and look I'm not going to sit here and have a cut off any player and particularly Mark who's been unbelievable for this club over the last 20 years and I think there's a lot of people who forget that and maybe he's an easy target not just for yourself Trev no to be honest but for a lot of people maybe to have a cut off and I wouldn't stand, sit here and do that to be fair Mark has been outstanding and he's a great personality and character around the place and since since I've been brought to the, back to the club in 2014 he's been unbelievable to be honest goalkeeper of the year on two occasions at least anyway. and look Mark has been brilliant and I've no doubt he'll respond in the right way which is which is um, in a positive way for Monday again uh, John uh, uh, Monday like do you know if like the Garrod Dan Chase he'll be back with Shane Griffin injured as well tonight yeah, he's carrying a, a knock, yeah. Um, do you know if they'll be back on Monday? Hopefully. We'll find more tomorrow. Now we're training. They have recovery tomorrow and they're training Sunday, so hopefully the likes of Garrod and Griff will be able to take part. Dan, I'm not too sure of. Um, and obviously Gary Buckley will be back available from suspension. He missed tonight with suspension. Yeah. So, look, as I said, if we got players like that back available, give you more options um, and strengthen your squad, obviously, and give you more options going into games. But if they're available, they are. If they're not point is me sitting here worrying about them to be honest because you have to concentrate on the fellas we have available and that's what we'll be doing so hopefully they will a couple of them might be available for Monday if not we'll just get on with what we have and, and make the best of what we have and try and get another three points up there I presume like, there's no reason to go there and don't be far after this this last like you know like you said there are positives to build on so it's a case of trying to repeat last Friday against UCD absolutely look that's what I said to the players in there look the good thing about having a game so soon after is you've no time to feel sorry for yourselves you've no choice but to pick yourself up and get going again and when we come in when they go in tomorrow and we're back in on the pitch on Sunday everyone has to be positive as you say and, and go out with the, the attitude we've, had, we've shown for the last few weeks and that's including tonight to be fair and um, hopefully go up there and put in a performance and get another three points that's what we're looking to do anyway yeah, John Cotter speaking uh, post match after the Dundalk game losing to. Sorry about the uh, just the, the drop in audio at the start. That just uh, 
uh, glitches in the uh, technical side of things here but anyway all good anyway so yeah John Collar speaking after that match they take on UCD next week that's next up it's away so uh, you'll be hoping that uh, they can get back on the uh, I don't know what the term is but they get the horse. Back, on, back on the horse back on the horse I suppose, I suppose yeah. and uh, get some more points on the board that's not being disrespectful to UCD that's a tough Cork City would be a much stronger side than than the the students um, so hopefully three points there for Cork City next week but we'll just have to wait and see about that um, but good to see them getting some points on the board before last night's game after the the I suppose disappointing run definitely right. yeah and especially when you have a new manager coming in I mean you want you want points on the board you want kind of an immediate result just to show I suppose just to show that it was kind of a step in the right direction for them to take you know yeah. just to, two wins in a row is good I mean it's like you say they were playing the league league leaders like so yeah. it was always going to be a tough one do you yeah, know always was um, now moving on but uh, sticking slightly with Cork City uh, they have a new fundraising uh, competition well I don't know what you call it a competition but they have a new fundraiser between themselves Kinsale AFC and Douglas GA pretty unique initiative um, which just got underway in the past week our own Colm O'Sullivan caught up with uh, uh, Paul Wisherley of Cork City FC and Found out the whole idea about this new Win a Gaff fundraiser. Hi, Paul Witcherly, the General Manager of Cork City here with me. And Paul, a great fundraiser here on um, in Ballon Temple today, raising money for Cork City, for Kinsale and for Douglas. Win a Gaff, tell us all about it. Yeah, yeah, Cullum, it's, it, it is. It's, it's a very exciting and unique partnership. So as you say, there, there's three partners, three equal partners in this. Ourselves at Cork City, Douglas GA and um, Kinsale uh, Soccer Club Kinsale AFC and you know the fundraiser is where we're giving someone the opportunity to, to win an apartment in Ballon Temple in Cork um, uh, through a raffle so it's, it's winagaff.ie is the website and there's a maximum of 9,000 tickets can be sold so you've you know the, you've, the worst odds you'll have is, is 1 in 9,000 to win a fantastic beautiful brand new um, two bed apartment in a fantastic location in Cork City and at the same time it's also going to raise you know really valuable and needed funds for for three very different clubs but clubs who all have come together for a a common need of helping to fundraise and not only just ourselves but we're actually helping each other as well It's great to see the three clubs come together and there's a cross sport kind of thing as well with the GA and, and the soccer Oh, it's fantastic. It just goes to show, um, you know, how, how the different codes, in particular the, the GA and um, the, you know, and, and, and soccer clubs, a professional and, a, and an, an amateur club can all work together. And to be honest, the actual partnership, which we've been together for several months, obviously today is the launch, but there's been a, a huge amount of background work for months. It's really shown how the different sports and codes can actually work together for, you know, for each other's benefit. Um, and it, it, I think when you look at last year, um, the Liam Miller um, fundraising fixture at Porky Cueve, that was a fantastic example again of the different sports and, and codes working together, not just for the, the Liam Miller family, but also for various charities across Cork. So um, that's actually been a, a great part of the story too, I think as well. The Douglas GA, Kinsale AFC and Cork City Football Club, the professional football club. So it's only 100 quid for a ticket and people can buy as many tickets as they want, up to 9,000. Um, and I mean, that's that's not a whole lot of money really to try and get on the property ladder if you're a young couple or, or a young single person trying to get a property. Definitely, you know, it's it, 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 look, it's, it's 100 euro, like, you know, in the context of what you could actually win, it's, it's, it's really very little. And as I say, I think the odds are really good at, at a maximum, that's assuming all the tickets go, which we're confident they will, of, of 9,000 to 1. Um, so it, it's, look, the location, you're, you're, you can nearly walk to work wherever you are in Cork from here. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful location and it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful new housing development. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a life-changing opportunity, really. It's, you know, some outside-the-box thinking, like sometimes we've heard in the past that the club is going to be targeting the same people for fundraising all the time so this is something that really you don't have to even have a passing remote interest in football you can still be interested in buying a house but you're contributing to Cork City Football Club and the others uh, you, uh, Totally Kevin you're, you're, you're totally correct when you say that and so you know look 
there's a couple of stories here really I mean there's obviously the, the fundraiser of, for the three clubs and, and really like massive fundraisers for each of the clubs individually um, and at the same time it's the partnership of, of three very different and unique clubs but also you actually don't even need to care about any of that if you just want to you know get a fantastic new apartment which who wouldn't for effectively 100 euro so from that point of view um, exactly you don't even need to know anything about these clubs and the beauty of it also is that you know look, everyone's trying to get on the property ladder at the moment um, and also you, through the website winagaff.e you, could, you don't just have to be somebody in Cork or Ireland to even enter this and potentially actually win this apartment you can be sitting on your laptop or your phone anywhere in the world I think you know, selfishly speaking I would love it if it was um, you know uh, a local based um, person or family who ended up winning but look it will all be done independently and correctly <laughs> it's, not, it's not guaranteed to a Cork City fan so no 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 not at all not at all it's, it's, it's independently adjudicated as, as you can imagine but um, I'm sure there'll be a high level of interest from um, everyone in Cork and particularly um, you know members of, of the three clubs it's a kind of it's nice now I suppose a couple of weeks ago we had all the turmoil on the pitch and a lot of the focus has been on that and now that we've stabilised things on the pitch or I suppose the management team it kind of gives you more of a chance to kind of focus on these sort of projects now and, and go back to the off the pitch stuff Definitely Kevin but you know that's that's a football club that's the workings of a football club ultimately you know uh, we're a, a professional um, football club you know competing at the highest level in Ireland so you know it's about results on the pitch um, but ultimately to be able to get the results on the pitch and to put yourself in the best possible position and resources to do that you need to have everything off the pitch um, at a high level and that includes its just structures professionalism and the finances so a project such as this you know regardless of the recent results or the future results on the pitch this project was going to happen it was always going to happen and more ideas such as this and other off the pitch revenue generation because we're doing uh, activities such as this so again ultimately we can be the best possible uh, team on the pitch winning winning football matches and hopefully winning trophies and this um We've actually earmarked this particular fundraising project, which I believe is the biggest uh, fundraiser, certainly in the history of Forest, maybe even before that. Um, we're particularly earmarking this for the Academy. So again, that's the strategic long-term thinking, the amount of work to go into a project like this, but also we want to start developing more of our of our own players um, through the academy you've seen recently a player such as Dara Crowley come through Kean Murphy and Kean Bargery you know only a couple of years ago you look at Kean McCarthy Sean McLaughlin I know Sean kind of came through went to UCC and came back again and then even further back from that you've got players such as Gary Buckley uh, Mark McNulty have all come through the, the Cork City um, system but now we've got an academy which goes right down to under 13s and let's try to develop that even further if we can that takes a very large financial investment so with the running of the club we need to build up our finances even more so with events such like as this and more so we can then help fund the academy even greater so we can bring through those players those local players into our first team competing in the first team and ultimately helping us to win football matches and I suppose that's a long term strategy Paul obviously you're raising money now for the academy and that could possibly make you money in the future as well because you bring players through those players do well for Cork City the club possibly could sell them on to, to bigger clubs in England and so on so there's, there's a financial aspect of that as well of course uh, Cullum you know we, we obviously we realise that there's there always is a, a bigger market than us and that's that's across the pond over in the UK and look Cork City has a history of, of players moving over uh, to English clubs when the time is right and when the agreement is right um, and but for, that's kind of I suppose in, in a way a secondary aim the primary aim is to bring players through to our first team for them to compete in our first team uh, for them um, to help us win football matches and win trophies if it so happens that those players you know go on to you know what is a higher level and the club is able to financially maximise that that also is part of the strategy it's something kind of Shamrock Rovers have been doing for the last, the last year or two they sold the keeper last year and they got half a million for him or something so th- there is a market for that as well there's definitely a market, um, but the same as earlier saying to get it through the Cork City team. But yeah. but but ultimately, in any uh, kind of 
business situation, a football club or, or any other industry. You need investment to get a return. You need a return on your investment. So if we want to produce a player such as the Shamrock Rovers goalkeeper, we're going to have to invest, just like Shamrock Rovers did. If we invest in our academy, we will get the returns. Players in the first team or possibly moving on, and there's, there's a financial reward for that. Um, but ultimately, we, and, we, and also we actually have, we've invested quite significantly, particularly in the last two years in the academy, um, but the club is committed to that while also investing in the first team. So it's a very, very difficult balance financially and we have to meet that challenge. So an event such as Winnegaff will help us in that regards. Speaking about investment in the academy, um, that kind of goes hand in hand with the Glanmire project. Is there any update on how progress has been going with that? Uh, to be honest, Kevin, I, I suppose the uh, the update now is that the funding application was sent in to through the, the government uh, um, grant scheme uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's already gone in. That's done and dusted from that point of view. Um, it's now in the hands of the the, the grant funders and, and the decisions that they will make. Um, you know, in government. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I believe a decision will be sometime maybe between September and November, but I don't know exactly. However, what I would say is that as much as we wish for Glanmire to go ahead and we wish for that to be successful, we also need to be thinking about uh, possible alternatives. We can't put all our eggs in one basket, uh, you know, to, to use that phrase. So we are looking at um, other uh, opportunities because even if Glanmire does go ahead which you know we're all hoping it does that's still a few years down the line so we need to be thinking about the development of the facilities for Cork City in both the short and medium term as well as hopefully Glanmire long term and are there any other like big uh, fundraising projects like this in the pipeline anything to this scale to be honest, um, yes or no? Yes, we actually have got well, some. Time, is it? <laughs> we ha- yeah, we have got some uh, potentially some some big fundraisers uh, planned this season. I don't know if they'll be the same extent or size as this one because I think this one is particularly big and unique, especially with the three clubs coming together. Um, but we have got a couple of other fundraisers that we're planning that will just be Cork City ones, um, and they'll be a bit uh, unique and special. So I suppose watch this space. Hopefully. Uh, some announcements on them in 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 weeks, if not months. Perfect. Well, right, thanks very much. Paul. There you have uh, Paul Wisherly speaking to our own Colm O'Sullivan um, at the launch of the fundraiser initiative between Cork City, Kinsale AFC, and Douglas GA. Unique enough in uh, that there's a GA club coming in with uh, soccer clubs as well, so uh, it's good to see that uh, happen as well. There's been a, an update there, Ryan. That's right, yeah. City are looking all but set now to get this uh, this domestic treble. They've gone 3-0 up against Watford in the FA Cup final at Wembley Stadium. Kevin De Bruyne providing the third goal, another assist for Gabriel Jesus, his second of the night. About 25 minutes left to go. It's not looking good for Watford at all. I think they've only managed maybe a shot or two even on target. Yes. City just seem all over them. Do you know, it's striking. I, I saw it a few minutes ago. They had, I think it was at 75% possession. Okay. You're just seeing that more and more often with them. They just like Watford had just been on the back burner for the whole thing. I think it's going to be damage control from here on in. Their, their fans are already coming up celebrating there, so I think they know it's it's more or less a done deal at this stage. <laughs> like they went and ruined Chelsea's year at the start of the year. They ruined Liverpool fans here, and now they're ruining poor old Watford I fans know. here. Yeah, yeah, they're ruthless. That Pep Guardiola is ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even wear a suit on the sideline. He wears his trackies yeah, got, like no, they wear got, around the house. And the grey cardigan, you know, his, his ah. the, the grey cardigan, man. He's, Come on, like. He's surely got to have more than one of those. He's won it to every game this season. It's his lucky cardigan. Is it? Right. Yeah, yeah, so I believe, yeah. Well, okay, you can't, you can't argue with that. They're closing <laughs> in on a treble here. <laughs> um, or a quadruple, depending on uh, who you're talking to, if you're a Man City fan. Um, <laughs> should you include the community shield That's as well, it, I suppose yeah. that. Um, also, also at the event of the win a gaff was uh, Shane Kingston, um, who uh, plays for Douglas GA and Cork Senior Hurlers. And Colm caught up with him about tomorrow's game, last week's game, and the uh, win a gaff initiative. All right, Shane Kingston. Um, firstly, we look back to uh, last Sunday against Tip. Um, what did you make of the game? Obviously, a seven point defeat. 
Yeah, obviously, you know, it wasn't the result we'd hoped for. You know, seven points to tip isn't great, but like, we just have to kind of forget about it now and regroup. You know, because we've another game now in five days' time, so no point dwelling on the past. So we just have to prepare as best we can now for Limerick. It's a tough game to go into, obviously, the first championship game against Tip. Um, and they, they were well up for it. You were well up for it as well, but Tip came came out flying and they, they really took you on, didn't they? Yeah, obviously, you know, Tip played very well, you know. You can see they were fear sharp and they were they were hungry for it, you know. Uh, and lucky for them, they got the win on the day, obviously, you know. So we just have to... Uh, we're, that's two points now we don't have, so we have to do our best now to get to two points now against Limerick on Sunday. It's a huge game on Sunday now, especially after losing last week against Limerick. Limerick is going to be tough. They're the All-Ireland champions, so what are you expecting from them? Uh, we're obviously expecting a huge battle, you know, the same as you'd expect with any other team. So we're just, uh, as I said, we're just regrouping now, uh, obviously getting the bodies right and sharpening things up. So hopefully we can get a good result now against Limerick. Are you straight back into training after the game on Sunday? Yeah, just, you know, everybody, you know, you have to kind of look after yourself after a game, like, so you just get your recovery done and then back into training. I mean, if you do get the win on Sunday, you're, you're right back in the thick of things then again. Um, so it, it's a very open Munster Championship. There's a lot of strong teams there as always. Yeah, obviously everyone knows how competitive Munster is. Like, you know, anyone can beat anyone or lose to anyone on a given day. So we'll just have to do uh, as much as we can to make sure we get a result on Sunday. But when you're looking back at the tip game, is there any kind of particular mistakes that you identified and that you want to change for next Sunday? Uh, I didn't really look back on it to be honest you know. <laughs> better off not looking back is yeah, it I said I'd leave that one off <laughs> so uh, how's, your, how's your own training and your own prep going personally for Sunday uh, yeah I'm fine you know, the body's good uh, just looking forward to the game now you know, after a tough defeat last year just looking forward now to getting another crack at it is it the all Limerick a bit of revenge is it I uh, wouldn't be like that, you know. <laughs> Just be good to it'd be nice to get a result after losing the other day, you know. You don't want to be losing two games out of two. And what do you rate your prospects now for the for the entire championship campaign? Uh, to be honest, I haven't really thought about that. I'm just kind of focusing on Limerick now for the moment. So don't look past that for a while. All right, Shane. Thanks a million. Cheers. Oh, good. Nice one, buddy. Yeah, Shane Kingston there speaking to uh, Cullum at the launch of the Winnegaff and uh, talking about tomorrow's game and last week's game against Tipperary so best luck Shane and all the gang um, against Limerick tomorrow we'll be previewing that game in the next few minutes but uh, first you heard Ryan mention there was a third goal between Man City and Watford William Elzer will explain how they got that goal 33, Watford nil. Kevin De Bruyne only on the pitch a couple of minutes with the third. A classic counter-attacking goal. Sterling to Jesus, who squared to the Belgian. He waited for an on-rushing Gomez to commit, sold on the dummy, and then slotted into the net. Watford were a different team since the interval, and they had been causing City a few more problems. De La Feu had a great chance to have the deficit as he sneaked in behind company, but his finish was awful as he dragged it well wide. And Laporte had also a chance for City. He had a free header from a corner but he put it well wide Manchester City 3 Watford 0 in the FA Cup final and it's actually Manchester City 4 Watford 0 in the FA Cup final here Gabriel Jesus bagging himself after getting two assists he's just after getting a goal assisted by Kevin De Bruyne so that's 4-0 now 20 minutes left on the clock yeah so um, yeah they're really kind of Doing it to Watford there. Oh, yeah. Like no it. respect whatsoever. No. Anyway, yeah, still to come, we are going to preview that game against Limerick tomorrow in the Gaelic grounds. And we'll also speak to Kevin O'Callan, the Cork GA Games Manager, about a change in the structure for the under 14 hurlers at that level. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, welcome back to the Big Red Bench. I'm Kieran Regan and Ryan on the show as well till 7 o'clock this evening. William Meltzer is at Wembley Stadium and he'll tell you just exactly how Man City scored that fourth. Manchester City 4, Watford 0. Jesus with his second goal of the game to extend City's lead. Another counter-attacking goal that really came out of nothing. Kevin De Bruyne found himself in acres of space on the halfway line. Slotted the ball through to Jesus who ran on one-on-one with Gomez. Took his time, slotted in below them and made it 4-0 to Manchester City. There you have it. Uh, they'll probably have they got a fifth this stage. Yeah, they haven't. Surprisingly, they haven't actually gotten a fifth. No, things starting to wind down now. David Silva coming off for John Stones there to make an appearance. Just over ten minutes left to go. Yeah, I mean this is 
you know, this is done. This is dead in the water. They're running riot. No nil. chance. No chance of Watford getting five. <laughs> anyway. yeah. I'd say you'd get big odds at this stage for them to make a, yeah, a five-four well, comeback. But yeah. <laughs> moving on, a big, big, big day for the Rebels tomorrow in Limerick at the Gaelic Grounds, where Cork take on the home side there and. Cork really need to get some points on the board uh, or they could put their uh, this year's interest in the Munster Championship in jeopardy following last week's loss to Tipperary. But uh, still all to play for, in fairness. They take on uh, Limerick, who are the All-Ireland champions, are the league champions, and this is their first game in the Munster Championship this year after having a weekend off last week. On the line, Dermot O'Sullivan, uh, Cork legend and Paddy Power GA ambassador. Dermot, um was last week's loss uh, disheartening, or what? What would you call it? I wouldn't. No, I, I probably wouldn't go as, demor- as far as demoralising. Come on, disappointing. Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, and there'd be no one, more, no, no, no group more disappointing than players who who went to Parky Weaver and travelled to Parky Weaver representing the Cork and Saturday. Um, they're they're a dedicated bunch, they're a committed bunch. So look, I know a lot of them in there. They'll hurt more than anyone, and. They'll relish an opportunity on Sunday going to the Gaelic grounds there in Limerick. It's, it's a big chance for them to to atone a small bit for last week's defeat. Yeah, you mentioned last week that you know Liam Sheedy had a point to prove maybe after probably a poor enough league campaign for them, and he's stuck by maybe the the older players. Uh, they wouldn't be old by any means, just uh, more experienced. I suppose around a few years, but uh, they really kind of came up trumps. They, they were all over Cork for the most part. Yeah, look, I think it's been well highlighted. Cork struggled in a lot of it, a lot of the key key areas and the key battles um, on the field. Sheedy came with a plan. His his players executed the plan to perfection. Um, Cork obviously struggled to cope, but it never got to grips with it. So, you know, therefore the the result was uh, kind of inevitable once they struggled to to get to grips with it. So, look, it's Cork's opportunity you now to come with something different on Sunday and see can they. Um, seeking to get a bit of momentum into the next couple of weeks, you know. Yeah, Bill Cooper came off, or he didn't start that game. I think he got a back spasm in the warm-up. That that played a huge part, because he normally stands in front of Tim O'Mahony, who was kind of out of the game then, because he didn't have Bill in front of him, and Bill's obviously a, a big part of that team. Yeah, I think, look, I think not not only not only the half-back line stuff, but I think, um, you know... Dara Fitzgibbon Luke Mead mm. other guys in the half well I won't say Luke Mead because I thought he did exceptionally well I thought he worked really really hard um, got got himself on the ball in good positions and his use of the ball has always been extremely good and I think he continued to show very very good form so you know he was one of the most promising things that came out of a Sunday's performance but just going back to Bill he'll identify very early where, where there's going to be a problem Bill will plug a gap He'll organise. He'll keep. He'll keep the structure within the team. So, on top of that, he'll also win a lot of fifty fifties. He win a lot of sixty forties, and he's clever enough to know that Dara Fitz will work off his shoulder. That you know, Mark Coleman will come off his shoulder. The Daniel Kearney type players will come off his shoulder, and he'll take the simple option. But it's his organisation that he brings to brings to the setup is is key. And at times, a man of his valued experience, of course, was was lacking at times. Yeah, um, moving on. Big game on Sunday against Limerick in the Gaelic Crowns. They'll be going in fresh, uh, having not played at the weekend. Cork will be looking to atone for last week's defeat. Um, it, it has all the the, the markings of another uh, great Munster Championship game um, in the in the Gaelic Crowns. Yeah, look, I think there there's the thirty thousand plus tickets sold already at this stage, if not if not close to forty. They're expecting a bumper bumper crowd, which is which is great. It's promoting hurling in the right manner, I suppose. It's what we all want to see is our best players in the biggest days playing you know, playing to packed out stadiums. That's that's why we all are drawn to the game. So, you know, as you said, it's a good opportunity for Cork. It's um people's first opportunity to see Limerick since obviously adding the National League to the Liam McCarthy crown they already have. So it'll be interesting to gauge to see where, where they're at. Um, but it's important that Cork go down there and w- without any fear and you know 
try and get something on the board, try and get a point, if not, if not a victory, try and get a point to keep them in the competition. Yeah, there was no, there didn't seem to be any lull from Limerick in the, the closed season. They came back and won the league as well. Um, their first in, I don't know, uh, 12 years, 97, possibly 22 years. Yeah, 97, um, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, like it's a long time to wait for that, but they've got that. But they seem to be, you know, still going very, very well. They seem to have managed the the, the break after that All Ireland win very well, and that, obviously they'll be champing at the bit going into the Munster Championship. Yeah, look, they've managed to, they've managed that quite well. They've managed the expectation of, you know, coming back after winning an All Ireland to seeking to get back to to somewhat similar levels. And I think, look, credit to him. While other people have probably, while other people have been sitting down analysing, you know, the, the Waterford tactical system, their puck outs, their, their movement, the rotation, call it what you want. I think Limerick have gone away and they've actually got better what they've done. Mm. So we've seen evidence of that throughout the league, where their game has probably come to a new level again. So which which is a great, um, you know, it's a great sign of a team to come back from a Liam McCarthy and try and evolve and improve their game so I think come come Sunday you'll see further improvement you know while Kinark is sitting there and he's thinking okay with Cork coming to town on, on, on Sunday it's the first game of the Munster Championship let's put our best foot forward and let's let's play the, the best game we can play to start this competition Yeah they they obviously have a very strong team All-Ireland Champions but their bench is just as strong um, you've Shane Dowling on, on the, the bench there and he can be called on and he he really drives on when he comes on as well because he feels he should be on the starting team Yeah I think look that that, that issue has been addressed for, on the Limerick point of view I suppose it's been addressed and discussed on numerous occasions it hasn't weakened they continue to get stronger as a group um, so all the signs are there for them that you know they should have a long summer ahead. It's just you know we'll have to wait and see can other other teams within Monster and within the All Ireland Championship step up and and really put them something in their collar and see see if the guys are still willing to sit in the bench, see if them guys are still happy on the bench um, because you know if you if you've been there for for twelve months and you're getting bit park games at times it's going to become frustrating at times you're going to become stale and when it does. When they, when they call these guys and, and they're going through that bit of a period, it, that, that'll be our opportunity, I think. There's a bit of pressure on Cork going into this game now and that, I suppose, if you want to be in the top three, you're going to have to, you'll have to get something out of the, the Limerick game, points-wise. Absolutely. I think, look, we all, we all spoke about winning our home games. Your home games were key. But look, we're still in the competition. Mm. Cork, Cork still, they still have the opportunity to, to retain the Munster title before the ball is thrown in on Sunday, they still have an opportunity to qualify through the system. So look, go to Limerick, come away with something. As I said earlier, if it's a win, brilliant. We, uh, you know, it'll go uh, to, go a bit to, to banishing the memories of last Sunday. Get a point. You're still in the competition. You're still two games left to play. You have a home game and away game. Go get something. Obviously, win, win being the being the, the big thing. You want to you want to get you want to achieve it. But if not, come away with something. Yeah, where do you see the the winning and losing of it, Dermot? Do you think? I t- look, you know, I'd expect that Cork will make some changes come Sunday. Um, you know, be it be the be it in the half hour line or the you know the half back line, half yeah. hour line. Does Bill Cooper come back into the recognition? Is his injury going to curtail him enough? Does Alan Caddy come back into the into contention? Yeah. You know, you look at does Aidan Welsh get a shot on Sunday does Mark Ellis whereas Mark Ellis is in relation to the the fold at the moment does he come to you know a guy, guy of his experience does he deserve to come back into the picture if if he's available for the selection there's, there's just a couple of um, you know there's a couple of issues the court need, need to resolve for themselves get our half look you set your platform from any 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 coach or manager would say you set your platform from your half back line if Cork can get that right and, and get settled again Get their midfield a bit, bit more organisation midfield. I think. Look, we still have the capabilities of of going to a gun fight with, with any set of forwards. I think, but some of the other forwards obviously will have to come up to scratch a bit. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, without we can't can't go on without mentioning the miners. A very you know maybe some of the lads from development squads over the years, but they, they had a very strong win over or Tipperary, overturning that uh, big defeat last year. Yeah. Look again. I suppose just looking to the 
future, the importance of developing young players within the within development squad system. Some people will argue it's elitist, um, and you can see their point. Some guys want the whole thing reverted back to the, the school system. Look, that that's another day's work. But this group have been together, I think, since under 14. They've been quite successful. But we've had successful groups, you know, at this level before who've been successful 14, 15, 16, 17 when it came to all on a minor title. Unfortunately, that's that's where they fell down. But look, it's important they get off to a good start. Um, they obviously have to go to Limerick as well Sunday. If they get another couple of points on the board, it'll be a huge positive to see to see the continued development of, of our younger lads because in three three years' time, some of these boys could be representing Cork at senior level. Yeah. Well, look, uh, Dermot, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Uh, two big games in the Gaelic Grounds on Sunday. Cork taking on Limerick in the minors and seniors. Uh, Dermot, thanks again. No matter, Kieran, anytime. Uh, joined the line up by Cork minor boss John Constantine. John, welcome to the bench again. Thank you. Uh, John, a good win over a tip last week. Uh, good for the confidence? Great. Um, it probably like tipper better than you know, the 12-point defeat suggests. Uh, so, in some ways, we, we we came out of it with a bonus, but that happens week to week. And, you know, young fellas went near the end there. I'd say tips off, the game was gone. And sometimes, you know, they kind of give up, not realising that maybe those points difference can be crucial in the end. Mm. So, we delighted with the win, delighted with the size of the win. And, uh, you know, you just have to win your home games. So, we're heading to Limerick now, and I'm sure they have the same mindset, like that they have to get off to this uh, win in this one. Because if they don't, they'll be... Uh, chasing things in their, their last games against Tipperary in Torless so everybody's conscious that they have to win their home game so it was a good start Yeah you mentioned the points difference there we spoke last week about the, how the points difference last week last year against Tipperary possibly or could have had a, an, an effect on the, the league table last year we'll say the championship uh, table but uh, it was good to get the 12 point win uh, this yeah. year because it obviously could play a part in deciding the the next stage will say yes I I admit, like look it's, it's unlikely that any team is going to win all of their games none of them, nobody did it last year Limerick won three of their games they topped the group with six points um but there was three teams on on four points and uh, they tip went through by virtue nearly of the fact that they um beat us by 10 that day in Turles. So, it's, you know, it, it is a help. But, but, you know, you have to win at least two games and probably, I'm guessing this year, uh, second team nearly have to win three games. But look, mm. we, we'll just focus on the weekend and see what we can do with that first. Yeah, well, look, uh, that's uh, one win um, on the board now. Taking on uh, a strong enough Limerick side. They've done well in challenge matches. I don't know whether you've seen them or not, but uh, they're coming in fresh into this as well. They haven't had a, a championship game yet. They are, and, and they, they're a lot like ourselves in the sense that last year they have they had a few under sixteens uh, pens. So they had they had six guys like when they played us, like three of their forwards, for example, were uh, are underage again this year. So their two wing forwards and corner forward uh, were playing last year against us. So they've they've even more experience than we have because they went to the All Ireland series. So they got the full run in Munster, they got a Munster final, and then they got two games in the qualifier series against Kilkenny and Galway. So. They have that under the belt, um, so I suppose in terms of experience, it's even if if not, maybe in slightly in their favour. So they are a strong team. They've known this coming up the way. They've you know, themselves in Cork have had some great battles um, under sixteen last year and fifteen year before that. So I think uh, we know it's a, a huge task ahead of us on Sunday. Um, and you know, if we win that, we have literally one foot in the Ulster final. Yeah, there's going to be a big crowd there as well. We we spoke about the crowd in Parky Cueve last week and uh, how it could be important. You know, you'd have a quite enough first half, and then the second half, the, the the stands could be almost full. There was a big crowd in there for the second half last week. It could be the same this week. They're expecting a, a big crowd for the double header. I'd imagine so. Um, Limerick seniors coming in as county champions, so obviously that'll bring a big crowd with it. And Limerick, you know, when they're going well, they're always well followed. So. I'm guessing that this week we might be slightly outnumbered in terms of the crowd at by uh, towards the end. Um, so again, as I said, like that's that's playing away from home uh, is a big issue, and it's particularly for the young fellas because like seniors, Cork seniors will be going down there, and most of those guys will have played, not all of them will have played in the Gaelic grounds in championship, etc. Will have good memories coming out of their most of five title wins and so forth. Um, whereas 
our guys, I guessing that for the vast majority of them, if not all of them, it'll be their first time playing down there. So it's big game of crowd. So it's, it's a huge game. Um, you know, I'd say before the fixtures were made, we would have said that this would have been the most difficult game we'd be facing in the four games. Um, you've uh, won, you named the team last night. Only one change going into this game, but it's uh, enforced as well due to uh, an injury. Correct. Uh, so Darrell Leary got injured in the first half the last day, came off and Colin Walsh came in from. Yeah. So we've effectively, the team is the team that's kind of started or finished uh, at half time yeah, against yeah. Tipperary and started the second half. Um, and look, uh, there was, uh, without, going, without going naming everybody on the, the team who played well the last day, Jack Callan came in with two goals, I think, and a couple of points, and Dara Flynn was. Uh, on, on point for the most part from a uh, freeze as well it's very important to have a good free taker and a goal scorer yes um, yeah two guys um, who I'm sure Limerick will have seen last week will be um, I'd say they won't get uh, mm. too much space they'll, 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 they would have known about them anyway but I think you know would have re-emphasized the fact that they'll you know need to be kept close tabs on and you know Dara he came in with uh, eight points of that missed one or two frees but I'm sure you know he's been practic- he'll be practicing and that and uh, he's 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 good head on the shoulders for for those things like he won't be phased and you know hopefully if we if we get frees we he he'll knock them over because I'd imagine. Well, I, I bet my life there won't be the same number of scores this week as there was last week. Yeah, well, uh, look, thanks very much for joining us on the line, John, and best of luck tomorrow against Limerick Miners at 2 o'clock. That's before the seniors take on the Treaty County at 4. Massive crowd expected down uh, at the Gaelicrons. There's a lot of road closures, so check out gacork.ie. All the details are up there, or uh, Limerick GA's website, or even uh, Munster GA's website has all that information as well. It's been a a bit of a gold fest, uh, Ryan. That's right, yeah. Full-time whistle is gone. Manchester City, the first team in history to do the domestic treble under... They did it under Pep Guardiola. 6-0 in the end, Kieran. It was a bit of a trouncing. 2-0 at halftime. They ran away with it in the second half. Kevin De Bruyne putting in a very... Very impressive performance. Raheem Sterling bagging a hat-trick. He's not the only one today. The Women's Champions League final, just to give it a quick mention as well. Leon have beaten Barcelona 4-1 to retain their fourth straight Women's Champions League. Ada Hegerberg living up to her title of the first woman ever to get the Ballon d'Or as she bagged a hat-trick in just over 15 minutes in the first half. So, uh, great day for both clubs all round. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever score a hat-trick? I did. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've scored a hat trick in my time. Yeah, Where yeah. yeah. You're, um, not doing, you're not scoring any hat tricks at the moment. I'm not scoring any hat tricks at the moment. No, I'm still in a a brace, nursing a broken ankle here. So yeah, I think my my hat trick days might be behind me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. There's a, a new competition for Cork G under 14 hurlers. They won't play in the Tony Forsell anymore. And uh, I'm joined in studio now by Cork G Games Manager Kevin O'Callan. Kevin, uh, tell me what this new competition is and how it came about for the under-14 hurlers. Yeah, Kieran, I suppose um, you, people might have seen recently in um, in the media that uh, that Cork GA uh, have done a review of our uh, development squad structures and as part of that uh, review, um, we have decided to, uh, I suppose, go go uh, with a broader a broader appeal in terms of our under-14 structure. So in, in previous years, uh, we would have had four regional um, development squads working throughout the summer. Um, the In football end of things, we would have been uh, staying at four for the whole summer uh, in hurling we would have been narrowing down to two right at the end of the summer for the uh, Tony Forrestal and Sunny Welsh tournaments and I suppose um, over the, the past number of years we've been looking at players maybe who might be smaller in stature than others uh, and who may not have made the cut for these panels so what we've decided to do is we've decided to create eight regional panels this year and work right through the summer right to the end of August with these panels so we're catering for a, a huge volume of players uh, 400 players actually between hurling and football um, and we're hoping that by casting the net far and wide that uh, every boy that aspires to play with the region or with the Cork uh, teams down the road that they'd, they'd have a pathway and a platform to develop their skills and I suppose while 
a lot of the time I suppose the focus is on the the county teams and players emerging at maybe county minor or county senior down the road uh, we're very uh, conscious of the fact as well that a large portion of the players that, that come into the development squad system they're going back and playing with their clubs for the most part and that the, the vast majority of their career will be with their clubs and so it's it's I suppose beneficial on two counts one in that we're providing uh, more opportunities for boys to, to step onto the ladder towards becoming County players, but but also really, I think that the big kickback here is that uh, we're developing the, the the overall standard of of club players in Cork, and I think that's something that I'd like to highlight. Um, obviously, the, the pros and cons before uh, going ahead with the 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 plan as well. You mentioned some of the the benefits there. Um, I suppose a better structure if they're playing Tony Forsell, That's over one weekend, whereas this seems to be. As yeah, absolutely. We're we're giving boys the opportunity over a minimum of six uh, competitive game days. We we're playing a league format over the course of the year, so we find that maybe sometimes everything is built towards uh, the gym power and football and the Tony Forrestal and hurling. And if boys may not may not perform on those occasions, that you know they become a bit disheartened and maybe they might lose their place in the pecking order. Whereas with this new league structure, I suppose it's more age appropriate in that there's probably less pressure on boys that even if they, they don't win on a given day that they, they can pick themselves up and go the next day again you know and, and perform and, and they're learning as they go along as well so we find that I suppose it's over a longer period of time that boys are, are involved and I think that that's very helpful for their development you know it's more age appropriate What's the the feedback been so far? I, I imagine look you'll have the the, the staunch people who said look Cork have been good at Tony Varsal over the last years why would we be pulling out but you know, others then obviously go the other way saying this this will be a good move what's it yeah I think so look and I suppose obviously tradition is, is a big uh, element of the GA and, and people always look uh, at, at tournaments such as the Tony Forrestal as a guide but in fact I suppose if you look at the statistics over the last maybe 15 to 20 years and there's been a bit of research done on this that the teams that actually emerge victorious at the Tony Forrestal and Jim Tournament gym power tournaments they don't actually emerge to even become uh, minor monster champions down the road in most cases you know so it's not a reliable guide to future performance so that's why we're casting the net far and wide because we're giving more boys the opportunity to develop and, and step up to the plate you know so and as we said already it is over a full summer rather than just uh, hinging all our bets on one weekend you know so uh, is it going? I suppose uh, now many people may not have heard of the Celtic Challenge, but it's based on uh, under sixteen, under seventeen players, I imagine, and split in different regions in Cork County, of Cork City, Cork West, Cork North, and Cork East. Is it something similar? Like that in in the breakdown of teams, it's it's I mean. the same concept. But I suppose we have four teams in Celtic Challenge. We're going to eight here at under fourteen. So it, it's a Celtic Challenge style format in that it's league based, yeah. um, and it's graded as a result of your initial uh, group games. You're, you're graded again for the second phase of the competition. Yeah. So it's very similar in format. And look, the Celtic Challenge has a lot of benefits for us. Again, developing club players throughout the county and giving them the opportunity that mightn't have otherwise been there for them. You know, so. Yeah, um, sorry to cut you off there, Kevin, just running out of time. Um, I think what we'll do is, uh, Kevin, we'll keep chatting, we'll record and we'll play out the rest of it um, tomorrow, if that's uh, okay with you, because it's a very interesting topic that you uh, set up for the under-14 hurlers as opposed to the Tony Forrest. So just to give you an update on that six goal from Man City and Watford, William Metzler. Manchester City 6, Watford 0 Raheem Sterling grabs his second in quick succession again Bernardo Silva allowed to come forward unchallenged, he fed Kevin De Bruyne out on the right wing, who drilled in a low cross to Sterling his first shot tipped onto the post by Gomez but Sterling was alert to put the rebound into the back of the net, Manchester City 6, Watford 0 Yeah it's finished that way as well, that's it from the Big Red Bench